Hello, what's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? Whoop, whoop. Numbers on the boards. I'm Bobby Corella. He's Jeff Skin Wade. Hi, Bobby. Hey, man. How are you? I'm good. I wonder if, like, uh, based on... So, last week we podcasted, you were on the road, and we did a phone joint. And then normally we're at the Mavs offices. Right now we're in media dining at the AAC, and I wonder if the audio is once again wildly unique from other other podcasts. I'm going to go ahead and say that it, you already sound better than you did last week. Ah, oh, sweet And that was Lord. no disrespect to you. Or the technology of the day. Or the technology of the day. I think it's mostly just my editing skills, man. You, no. were, you were in the same room as me, but it sounded like we were talking on the phone. It was really weird. Well, we're at a dining table, and everyone started nodding their heads when you said, I think that's on me, but no. I don't. This is more of an uh, audio medium, so no one yeah. can see... The throng of people oh, nodding yeah. their heads. We'll, yes. we'll take you around the room real quick. Uh, you might know them all, actually. You got Lizelle. You got Mike. You got Adam, who's the webmaster. That's his official title, I believe, is webmaster. And then you got Brandon, and you got Glenn James. You got the legendary photographer, Glenn James. If you've seen Mav's photos from the last, I don't know, how long have you been doing this, Glenn? He's been doing NBA for 25 years. Good. It's It's... It could be a Glenn James photo. You haven't even been alive 25 years, have you, Bobby? How old I, I, are you? 17. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's my bedtime, man. We're recording at 1045. Yeah, go ahead and take my popcorn, Lizelle. That's cool. Uh, it's 1045 on, what day is it? Monday night? I think so. The Mavs just took down the Chicago Bulls 115-109 to 109, um, in a game that became a clutch game mm-hmm. by... Uh, virtue of it being within five points at one point in the last five minutes but the Mavs were up pretty comfortably for a lot of that fourth quarter yes uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about this game we're going to talk a little about the previous home game that Minnesota game uh, then we're going to talk about some other stuff I got some sleuth work to do with you later okay actually I need to uncover the truth about something that oh. I saw on Twitter all right I'm in on that uh, because as we all know the internet is full of truths so I need to I need to find one what about the dark web what is it full of uh Truths of a different kind. Yeah. I don't know. I yeah. Don't, I, I, I've never been there. You'll have to tell me. Yeah. It's one big twisted Tim Burton movie over there, man. Yeah. Um, okay. 115-109 skin. The Mavs are now 2-1 and one for the first time. They're over 500 for the first time since the end of the 2015-16 season. So do you know how many days it is? No. Okay. Uh, my buddy, I'll just do a shout out. Can you do a shout out? Yes. My buddy, Kenny Bybee. Uh, you know Kenny, don't Yeah, you? good Twitter. Yeah, good Twitter person. He claims it was 922 days. Kenny's the kind of guy that gets this stuff right. He's in the uh, SID world. Okay. So I would tend to believe him. Uh, and I'm also <laughs> going to go look that yeah. up. But Let's let me predict that we will be over 500 for the next 922. Wow. Yeah, that's okay. the way the pendulum swings. Gonna be, you're going to be over 500 until June of 20-something, 2020. You put yourself on that list. And they win the championship in two years, man. Oh, that's it's going to be great. That's what's happening. If not sooner. Yeah. So, uh, first thing that jumps out to me, man, I got to tell you, DeAndre Jordan, 18 points and 16 rebounds, and you're like, yeah, he didn't really do as much as he did the other night. But Mm -hmm. when someone is getting 18 points and 16 rebounds, and you're like, yeah, ho-hum, he's pretty good. I I think part of the – I agree with you. And my perception was that it was way better the other night. But I also think that the other night was a way more enjoyable game and it was felt more high stakes and some of those kinds of things. So, And then also he had five blocks in that game as well. And follow-up pointed out on the broadcast, that didn't happen all of last year for, for him in L.A. So it just felt like he was more swarming and more everywhere. And then I also think the thing that, you know, we take out of this game is that the thing really turned 
when DeAndre was on the bench because the Pal Kleba buddy cop movie is just amazing. Did you know Pal could pass the way that he? He's found Kleber a couple times with really, really nice, like, kind of no-look passes. I don't think there's anything the guy can't do. He's also the smartest guy in the room. That's true. He's got, like, 17 degrees from I, Stanford. Well, I don't know. Robert uh, Robin Lopez, apparently, this is reported. Uh, it's not I, It's not confirmed, but I believe he got teed up for using the word platitudes tonight. That's what I saw on Twitter really? from Skylar Dixon, AP. Skylar well, he's Dixon, another yeah. Stanford guy, so yeah. he's the kind of guy that would do that it, sort it of thing. It makes sense, then, that Robin was using such big words. He's got to prove he's the smartest guy Absolutely. in the room. You when know. you walk in with that hair, you got to let everyone know you're yeah. smart by using those kind of words. And by fighting mascots. But we, we talked to uh, Dwight Powell on the broadcast after the Minnesota game, and I actually asked him about his vibe with Max. And he actually took it back to last year because I was like, hey, you guys are going to be playing together right now while Dirk is getting back into the mix. There's minutes to be had, and you're making the most of it. And he was talking about, well, you know, this goes back to practice last year, and we know how to play with one another. And I thought that – them along with JJ really got the thing turned around tonight, and that duo is uh, as your four or five combinations just playing swimmingly. I think that a worry, uh, there were a few worries coming into the year, but I think one of the biggest ones was without Dirk and without Harrison Barnes, but especially without Dirk. As much as they relied on the bench last season to keep them in games because the starters were consistently getting outplayed, the bench was consistently outplaying the other team. Right. Um, Missing Dirk, who's kind of the reason that the bench is good, mm-hmm. that you would think they're going to be in trouble. But now the problem is, oh, my God, when Dirk comes back, how is Maxie going to be on the floor? Yeah. So he's kind of – I don't want to say come out of nowhere because I thought he was good last season, but you think like fifth or sixth big man on a 24-win team, you probably don't need to expect too much from him. But he's been – I mean, he had 12 points, five rebounds on a block tonight, and that's – he had a couple more threes. I mean, he's just been really, really good so far. So he, he's been really, really good so far, and he deserves minutes. And it's going to be hard to figure out how to do all these minutes. And maybe it's just they decrease the minutes of a veteran guy like DeAndre, so I don't have to play as much. I'm sure it's a nice problem to have to figure all that out. But you know what else works into that whole thing is the Mavericks are missing one of their best players, and they're not quote-unquote missing him. Because Dorian Finney-Smith is doing everything. So you guys realize, out there listening, he covered Carl Anthony Towns for the majority of that game. And I know, well, Carl Anthony Towns dropped 31 duty. was all over him. And the beautiful thing was it allowed DeAndre to come over and play help side D and get a couple get of those. blocks. Absolutely. And so tonight, he's dealing with Bobby Portis on the block. And then when Jabari Parker goes nuts – all right, let's bring Dorian in and slow him down a little bit. He's also hitting his open shots. He's also making the right passes. It is a guy that is in need of a lot of NBA minutes because he's contributing, and you're about to take, uh, presumably on Friday, a healthy former NBA champ that's used to playing 30-plus minutes and drop him right back into the mix. So this is a good problem to have, but, man – there's not a lot of minutes to go around for all the guys that are deserving of it. Yeah, through three games so far, Finney Smith is averaging 10.7 points on 50 from the field, 40 from the three, 100 from the th- uh, free throw line on four attempts. But still, he's made him five rebounds, one steal, one block per game. And no disrespect to Wesley Matthews, but he has been their best defensive yeah. player. Yeah, well, we haven't talked about the Phoenix game. Um there wasn't a lot of good things to talk about from that game. I didn't even want but, you to mention it. Yeah, Finney Smith had two possessions, I want to say, in the second quarter. One on Anderson, one on Devin Booker, where both times it was they were on Finney Smith Island, and he was like, nah, you're not He you're not ate Booker on one of those shots. Yep. Just, nah, this isn't going to touch the yeah, and then I mean, credit to Wes, because Wes, even in the fourth quarter, whenever Booker was like literally exploding, he was like on fire. It was really gruesome to watch, but uh, Wes was 
giving him he was he was ding him up pretty well. Mm-hmm. But Finney Smith, yeah, Finney Smith just locked him up. Um, one last stat on DeAndre and Dwight. So through the first three games, they are thirty five of forty six on twos. That's good for seventy six point one percent. And together they are averaging uh, a shade under thirty three points and eighteen rebounds per game between the two of them. So that's forty eight minutes of thirty three and eighteen basketball. I'm enjoying those center minutes. Yeah, man. It, we we talked about this on the last podcast when we got everybody hyped and then they didn't play well against Phoenix, which I'm blaming you for that. Wow. Uh, but Kevin Pelton in that big article said this is the best rim running duo in the NBA, and I was like, man, have we come a long way in a short time or what? Yeah. Yeah, big reason why J.J. coming into this game, J.J. Barea was your NBA assist leader. He uh, only had four tonight, Skin, so I don't think he'll be at the top of the list. Unless, or Rondo has actually suspended, mm-hmm. so I don't know if he'll be qualified to lead the league here in a couple games. So it might still be J.J. here pretty soon. Is that a spit take? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, wow. man. Bringing wow. all the dad jokes. Wow. Wow. I would just, we'll, uh, we'll let that one breathe. Um pull it out of the ditch bob uh changing gears here luka Doncic tonight 36 minutes want to say that's a season high for him uh 19 points six assists six assists i want to say is a season high for him that sounds right uh 19 points is not your season high because he had 25 the other night against uh minnesota uh but 19 in this game is more valuable than 25 in the other game because it was like everybody had 20 points the other night and this one deceptively high scoring 115 to 109 game uh but to me six assists first three turnovers the last game it was three assists versus six turnovers Mm -hmm. seems like he's starting to kind of figure out got to keep your pivot foot down yeah palm the ball all those things he has he's had a lot of travels he has um there was a moment i i can't remember if it was late first or early second i think it was early second on saturday night where he got some steel in the backcourt and hit a three and then just the floodgates opened and he's really been a different player in the next seven quarters after that um and and you're starting to see all the things that he's going to do for the t- this team. And this was really a poor game for Dennis tonight. Uh, so they needed Luca to step up, and they needed when Brea to come in, when he did come in to step up. So it, it wasn't a it wasn't as uh, aesthetically pleasing game as Saturday was, which was free-flowing and fun. And uh, this game wasn't nearly as fun to watch, but they did what they had to do. And once they, they garnered all the momentum, they hung on to it at the end. Yeah, Rick Carlisle will sleep better tonight knowing that his team didn't give up 136 points in regulation. So is Zach Levine going to be a top 10 scorer this year? I mean, he's definitely going to be top 10 in, his, in, uh, in attempts. Chunks. But, uh, dude. Those are some ridiculous re- shots. They, they, they are, but. He's really good. Yeah. He's really good. And, and there's opportunities to score for the Chicago Bulls, which is why I'm throwing it. If he's going to play like that and their team is what their team is, that guy might drop 24 or 25 a game. It wouldn't be outrageous. Yeah, well, so here's a take from a friend of the podcast who will uh, remain anonymous. Uh, what He asked, what can Zach Levine do that – well, what can Devin Booker do that Zach Levine cannot, basically? I think Booker's a little better. Wait, I'm Come, sorry. Say it again. What can Devin Booker do – that Zach Levine cannot shoot the lights out of the yeah, ball. Yeah, but Zach Levine last year, forty percent on threes. D- uh, uh, there's aren't different, the same caliber shooters. Yeah, di- oh, I, I think different coming off screens, right? Booker moves without the ball really well, but Levine. I mean, those I know that I know that's a I know that's shooters. a smoking hot take skin. Yeah, but if you put those two guys in a gym on opposite ends of the floor and had them go around the arc, Peja and Dirk style, 
Booker's going to make way more. He's not the shooter, Booker. I don't necessarily disagree with you. Zach Levine will not score 70 in an NBA game. Let me just go ahead and just set that down and walk away. Hey, if Jabari Parker and Bobby Portis wouldn't have been getting them up tonight, Levine would have definitely flirted with about 50. That's not 70. That's not se- You're right. You're right. That's a. Are you going to go out there and say that you, are, I'm not, are you I'm predict, not, I'm predict not, I'm the 70 gonna, point Levine game? Do he's it. He's going off for do 70, it. dude. He's going off for 70. <laughs> he's going to take 40 shots in a game this year. I'm so, I, 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 uh, I like that. Zach Levine. I just don't think he's Devin Booker. I don't, I don't think that he's Devin Booker either. And you know what? You know what he can do that Devin Booker can is like jump over a couch and dunk or whatever. You know what's also weird is that Devin Booker is two years younger than Zach Levine, which is, that is still super weird to me that Devin Booker's 21 years old and he's already scored 70 in a game. Devin Booker's going to score 150 points in a game this year. 150? I might have just Holy been. crap. Yeah. Um, through three games, they only had 10 of them tonight, which is a little sad, but through three games, the Mavs have 43 transition possessions. They scored 60 points on those transition possessions, which is good for 1.395 points per possession, third in the NBA. Last year, the Mavericks were not very good in transition, and they did not have a lot of transition possessions. Because they did, they had temp transition possessions yeah, they last didn't year. have any. Yeah, they were, <laughs> they were second to last in volume of transition attempts. This year, it, they're, after this game, they're probably going to be toward the bottom because this was a surprisingly half-court game given how high-scoring it was. Um, but there were a lot of fouls, so a lot of free yeah, throws. right. Um, I think the big reason that they're running is – Almost not as much coach's decision as it is they have two guys that can bring the ball to the floor now and not mm-hmm. one. Like you see DeAndre, how many times did he get a rebound in this game? I think it's Minnesota too, and he just like looked up the floors like I have two choices to pass to. Right. I can give the little quick outlet pass here or I can throw the thirty foot overhead pass to to Lucas streaking down the floor. I mean you got two choices, you can just play faster, it's easier. This is my favorite transition moment of the night because it just spoke volumes as to how Dorian Finney Smith feels about himself. So he got the ball. And he's the one who's closest to the middle of the floor. And if you have standard transition, you want to center the ball. Now, obviously, if it's a two-on-one, there's other unique situations where the turnover happens or where the rebound is. It doesn't always work like that. But Dorian is dribbling more towards the middle of the floor, and Dennis is flashing the hands like, feed your boy, I want to go. And Dorian brushed him off to the right. Not, I don't want you to have the ball. He was balancing the floor. And then Dennis drifted. Dorian took one more dribble and fed him, and it created an angle for Dennis to attack, and he got fouled. And it's like it's a real small thing, but it's a vast understanding not only of what you're supposed to be doing, but how transition is actually played. There's, you know, people think fast break basketball is all right, get it and let's go. You actually practice how transition is supposed to go down. And it was a very cerebral play. And one of those things that, you know, you may not notice, but it matters. And it points to a greater understanding of how you attack in transition and how it creates opportunities. And it made me downright giddy that he did it. Yeah, you don't have to be the point guard to bring the ball up the floor you Balance anymore. the floor and create the lanes. I mean, last year, you know, every now and then Wesley Matthews would. Every now and then Harrison Barnes would get his own rebound and push it. But this year it's just like DeAndre is going to be able to get a rebound. We don't need to send five to the rim. Right. You can send one or two. You get the rebound, kick it out. Right. And, we're, and we're going the other way. It's a lot of early offense. Even if it didn't manifest itself in transition tonight, they got a lot of shots early in the shot clock because they were pushing off uh, misses. They were also pushing off makes, too. Just generally their pace is up, and that's good to see. Mm-hmm. Although 
coming into this game, they were they were averaging more than six assists than they were playing per game last season, and they were still bottom ten in pace. So the NBA is just like on speed right now. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy how it's going. It's not going to stay at this rate, but I don't think it's going to drop off that much. I mean, I think teams will settle in. It won't be as wild and wooly, but everybody wants to score. How many threes did we hoist up tonight? Only 47 tonight. That's on the heels of 50. Yeah. So, you know, the, someone's like, hey, do they want to shoot that man? It's like, yeah. And my favorite thing, uh, the other night we still had over 50 points in the paint despite shooting that many threes. And tonight the Mavericks had 46 points wow. in the paint. So what are they doing? We've talked about this. This is the modern game. Give me dunks, layups, and three-point attempts. Yeah, coming into this game, I don't know the math anymore because basketball reference doesn't update immediately, unfortunately. Um, but coming into this game – uh, they had 19 dunks. They had 18 isos plus mid-range shots combined. Mm-hmm. So it's like your your 15-foot pull-ups are gone. Yeah. Every now and then you kind of have to take one if there's like five seconds left in the shot clock. Which but. is how, uh, you know, Dennis hit the game winner the yeah. other night, the and one. That's a good example of that, but you're not seeing as much of it. Yeah. Yeah. Certain situations will create, and you know what? That was obviously the right shot to take. Yeah, because he made it. He made it. Yeah, and there it wasn't a push-off either. Uh, um, the NBA went, hey. Two-minute report. The referees, oh, okay. The referee's transparency, man. The referee said, said, hey, Derrick Rose has done that his whole career. They said correct no call. Exactly. Yeah. If that's a foul, on, yeah. Right. Uh, we, we know the deal. Yes. Um, any other kind of like overarching takes from the first two games? Uh, or I guess first three games. Yeah, Going and back and to first games. two home games. Yeah. I mean, quite honestly, I just flushed the first game because that was – I mean, I felt like there wasn't any more than three or four minutes the entire preseason in which they looked like they did for the whole game. So I just like, all right, that was weird. Let's move on. And then they showed you in the Minnesota game exactly how they want to play. Tonight they weren't as sharp, uh, but they, they, they got it done at the end. But, I, no, I think uh, this, is, this really is the formula, though, where they're very balanced. The second unit is going to feast. And then, of course, Luka is proving to be a really unique mismatch. This was a night where, you know, Dennis was way off. Luka provided offense. Brea provided offense. And they also just did team basketball type stuff. Like you talked earlier about Dwight making that sweet pass as Maxie was running baseline. They're just – they're playing together. They're playing dialed in. And and this is a way funner style of basketball than anything we saw for any brief moment last yeah. year. And last season the team was very guard-driven. This year your guards – Matthews, Brunson, Berea, Dennis Smith Jr. all shooting in the 30s from the field. Uh, it is the big guys that are doing the work. Dwight Powell, 71%. Jordan, 70 Maxi 58 Dorian, 50 Luca, 43 He's hitting a lot of threes, too. So, I mean, it's like, even though they're playing faster, it's still the big guys that are that are kind of feasting on yeah. all this extra space. Luca loves him a step back, don't he? He does, man. He's taken – okay, so he's taken 22 threes. How many of those do you think have been off the dribble? Let's let's have a quick stats quiz oh, here. Uh, I'm going to guess – how many? Uh, 22? Out 23? of 22, how many I'm, do you think have been pull-ups? I'm going to say half of them. So 11? Yeah. The correct answer is – dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. You know, it's going to be more. It's going to be like 14 or 15. Oh, it hasn't updated yet. So eight out of his first six were pull-ups. Eight out of his first 14 were pull-ups. Yeah. What a stat tease that was. Yeah, I know, man. I'm just it's. It, I'm used to being disappointing, though. Um, Coming next week on numbers and <laughs> – we'll have a stat update. Yeah, we'll, we'll get you that update in a week. Don't you worry. Um, I think another – well, I don't know. I don't think that I'm, like, worried about Dennis – but he had a bad game, dude. He did. His uh, the game tonight wasn't that good. The game in Phoenix wasn't that good, but it wasn't that good for anybody. Right. He was good against Minnesota. 
Yeah. He, he was good in that oh my game, gosh. especially him in the and, fourth quarter. So what did him and, him and Luca scored the final 16, I believe? Is that right? Of, for the team? I think, I, he, I think he scored like seven in the last minute. Yeah, he scored their final six. Okay. I do know that. Uh, and then Luke had those possessions on where he's matched up on D-Rose. That was great. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think the kids did all the damage down the stretch. Yeah. Uh, but, no, Dennis was off tonight. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, for young players it's probably hard. You you want your team to do well. But I, I think it's it's a tough pill to swallow when your team is way better when you're not on the floor. Mm-hmm. And that creates a lot of uh, things to think about. And uh, I did see him after the game, though. He was in good spirits, you know. Yeah. And to his credit, uh, against Minnesota, he had one drive that he – started on the right side of the rim and finished left, which was pretty cool. And then he had one drive on the left and finished with his right hand, which is cool. So he's doing wrong hand finishes. Uh, he's using his body more. He's still not shooting any free throws, which is weird. But um, he's getting to the rim. There was one play tonight where he drove and kind of went up and under against, I want to say, Wendell Carter, maybe Robin Lopez. Uh, went up and under and, c- and couldn't finish. But, he, I mean, he got to the rim point blank. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like he's trying to jump over people anymore. Right. I don't think that he's been blocked this year. Is that um, right? I, I, I don't know. I mean, that's purely a guess. I, I have no idea. But I don't think he has. Um, so he's getting better at, like, not trying to go head on at people. Um that's step one. Step two is learning how to finish. Step three is getting fouled. So I think he's like moving in that direction. But it's still the jump shots. In this game, two of 11, one of five from three. Uh, all of them are pretty good looks. It's just, you know, I don't know. It takes some guys 10 years to learn how to shoot. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, so I'm not too and worried it, about it, but it's just kind of something to think about. It is something to think about. And I do think, in general, he was out of rhythm and out of sorts tonight, which, you know, is why I'm sure he's looking. You know, so this game Wednesday – Against Atlanta, everyone's going to be hyping up the whole Trey Young, who's coming off an incredible game against Cleveland, thirty-five versus, and eleven, yeah. right? Versus Luka Doncic and that whole angle, and I'm sure Dennis wants to go to go shine as well. Yeah, have you? I have not. Have you watched any Atlanta basketball? I watched so far? Uh, the vast majority of that Cleveland Atlanta game. Okay, because I'm what in a was, weird uh, pool. First off, what was Colin Sexton doing? And second off, how is how is Trey Young on defense? I mean, is that is that going to be a game where like he's going to be able to guard Dennis? What is going on with that? There's okay. There's if you were to base I'll it on were, oh, no disrespect, of course. If, I, if you were to base it on that game, you would walk in and go, "Well, and nobody on this floor for either team is remotely interested in playing defense." <laughs> okay. It was not a defensive gym for anybody on yeah. either team. Cleveland is kind of like Minnesota, Dallas. Oh my God, Cleveland was so porous. Um, so, but but uh, you know, I think I don't think Atlanta is a very good team. I think, in fact, they got off to a slow start. They just got hot. And Cleveland's not very good either. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, when they got hot, they started doing it in a big way. I, I think they're going to have a lot of problems. If if Dallas plays the way they did against Minnesota, Atlanta's going to have a lot of problems. Yeah. Uh, they just don't have enough guns really to keep up, and they, they don't really have anybody putting defensive pressure. Prince is a pretty good defender. Yeah, yeah um, and Prince is a really good three-point shooter too. And tonight, Minnesota – or uh, Chicago was at 56% from three. I believe that is now – all three games this year, they've been above 45% on threes, which mm-hmm. is not that great. No, nope. nope. Not that great. And nope. Trey Young is a really good passer. So, I mean, if he gets – if he takes that ball screen and, and you know, the defense isn't sharp on the wings, then he's going to find somebody. I mean, there's a lot of times, too, where he just caught and shot from everywhere. Yep. Some of that stuff was catch-and-shoot stuff, too. Like, yep. he's firing from everywhere. Mm. And this is the other thing. Atlanta is in a mode where they don't care if they win games. All right, I'm not saying they're trying to lose games, but they don't care. That's not what they're about right now. Mm-hmm. And, man, that is incredibly liberating 
for a young player when he ain't going to get bitched out for how he plays. Yep. And he played like that against Cleveland. like, man, okay, 40 feet, let's go. Woo! Dude. And uh, so, man, he was letting it rip from everywhere. It's going to be uh, it's gonna be a hostile environment in there. If I'm not mistaken, is that their home opener? It Atl- is. Atlanta? That's why they're having future and Zach Brown and all that. It's so like, that's two home openers the Mavs have had to play this season. Yeah. And one of them is in their fourth game. Yep. That's weird. You it's said a, Zach Brown is playing the national anthem. He's doing the na- yeah. Future's I don't know if it's his halftime. whole band or just him. Okay. And then Future's performing at halftime. Do you think there's going to be a collab there at halftime? God, I hope so. Yeah. Zach Brown's a collab kind of guy. Yeah, chicken, chicken fried and March Madness together. With just Dominique Wilkins dunking in the background. Yeah, <laughs> eating steak and living lavish like yeah, I'm man. playing for the Mavericks. Uh, future. Oh, yeah, there was a game last year. Dallas was in Atlanta right before Christmas. And um, I don't think Future was at the game, but all three of the Migos were – and uh, all, Gucci Mane was. No one's ever said all three of the Migos oh, before. I, I call them the Migos, man. I call, <laughs> them, I call them the Migos. I'm not like calling it. them Migos. I'm going to start saying all three of the Migos. What do you call one of them? Do you call them Migo or Amigo, or do you call them I, one Migo? Or? I just say whack. <laughs> I like 90s rap, Bob. Oh, man. Yeah, you're really dating yourself here, Scott. I don't care. I'm old. Uh, okay. I need to do a little bit of investigative reporting here. So I'm going to pull up uh, – don't look at my computer screen right okay. now if you don't mind. Yeah, I'll look over here. I'll look at Brandon. Yeah, so uh, on – what is this? Saturday night, October 20th, 2018. Okay, um, I remember it well. Yeah, what what were you doing that night, Skin? Do you remember where you were? I believe – am I being interrogated right now? I believe uh, yes. I was at the American Airlines Center. Do you not hear the, the piano music playing in, like, the really spooky – Oh, no. You're going to overdub that later. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. yeah. Where, where were you? You well, at, you, the well depending on what time you're asking me. Uh, who? I'm going to say around 10 o'clock. Okay, around 10 o'clock. I think that game was still going on because that was like a two-and-a-half-hour game. It was a very – there was like 8,000 free throws. In yeah, that was a long game. So I'm going to say I was probably sitting at my broadcast position. That's a lie. Okay. Well – Was I at, walking out on – oh, I the, know what you're – now I know. At the precise moment, At that I'm point, think- I was uh, sitting underneath the basket. Oh, did we just no, have I a – Crouching underneath yeah, the basket. We have a gotcha moment here. Yes. Uh, first off, I see this photo. I pull up a tweet from at uh, M Followell. That's, that's never TV. heard of him. No, no, that's a lie too. See, okay. you're talking yourself into a corner skin. Be careful. Yep. yep. Uh, that is TV play-by-play man Mark Followell, who's a great Twitter follower. Anyway, he tweets out a picture from the Mavs game, and uh, you see the basket stanchion. Mm-hmm. You see the baseline logo, Mavericks. Yep. You see a bunch of TV cameramen wearing vests as they should be. And then all of a sudden you see some guy in a suit with a microphone in his hand holding the basketball, Mm. sitting right under the... And I'll be I'll be damned, Skin, if he doesn't look exactly like you. That was me, and I'll say that I was not holding the basketball. I was delivering a touch pass. Oh, so you're not palming it? You're holding I'm your arm like outstretched. No, so here's what happened. So we were going to do an on-court interview right after the game, and it happens very quickly. So with about 48 seconds to go or whatever it was, uh, I start going down to get underneath the basket so I can go right out on the court as soon as the game ends. And we don't do this that often, but I actually watched 
Dennis's game win or the game winner, the and the and one play. I was walking behind Minnesota's bench, watching that sort of thing uh, unfold. You, how, how many people's camera phone videos did you cut off? I probably uh, blocked a bunch of. Someone them. is cussing you out right Good now. Good thing I'm only six <laughs> one. So I'm uh, so I go and I crouch down underneath the basket. I get there and then there's remember there's two trips to the free throw line for Dennis. Yep. But I, I believe get, the only free throws he shot this season, if I'm not mistaken. But I also got there in time before the and one free throw. So the first thing I do is I crouch down, and he's directly in front of me. He's 15 feet, or I guess I'm back on, so 18 feet in front of me. And my first thought is, oh, crap, don't lock eyes with me. Because I didn't want him to be like, you know, getting ready to shoot an important free throw and go, what is that dude doing there? You know, so he'd be like, oh, my gosh, that's Jeff Skinway. Right, right. God, I hate that guy. So I didn't want that to happen. So I'm just kind of like, man, I'm in a weird place here. So then he makes the free throw. That's big. And then there, there's the he gets fouled again, comes back, and he makes both. And when he made inspired by your presence, when no he doubt. made the second one, the ball had backspin on it, so it spun back directly towards me. Like it's either I'm either going to hit it, or I'm just going to let it. I'm just going to hold my hand down. It's just going to hit me and just roll to the side, and I'm just going to look at it. Right. So I made the decision to do the touch bounce pass to D. Rose. And I actually, instead of locking eyes with Dennis Smith Jr., I did lock eyes with Derrick Rose. And I gave him the touch bounce pass. And I think he could feel, man, this guy knows this guy knows how to play basketball. I mean, he yep. put it right in my shot pocket. Was it, was it in the pocket? And then he made the long pass and Dennis got fouled again. But as I was touching the ball, I had this feeling of like, what if Rick looks up and goes – what is that jack wagon doing? Why is he there? And why is he giving the ball to Derek? Get him out of the building! Exactly. He will get teed up to come across the court and slap you. Yeah. Just just straight fury. Treat me like I'm O.J. Mayo. So the question I have for you, Skin, I think it's good sportsmanship that you gave the ball to Derek Rose. Right. But uh, I want to lecture you for a moment because okay. oftentimes after a made free throw, the defense is getting into position. Right. That's so why I think there, you ran the risk of giving him the ball too early. I did. So what you should have done is collected the ball and thrown that sucker into the seventh row and just pointed at D. Rose, go get it. That's where I get a T. <laughs> and then no. I get that's where you're the TV interview. They're oh, interviewing yeah. you Derek after Rose the game. Derek Rose interviews me. Derek Rose game. interviews you. Yeah, because you you sunned him right on national. I TV. was just no, nah, I was just right. It's uh, I think I did what any any reasonable human would do in that. You situation. just gave it back to him. I just gave it. That's back probably to him. the right thing to do. Yeah. If you're ever at the game, just give the ball back. Right. It's really weird. It's not baseball. People you don't like, get to oh, go let me take a selfie it. real quick. Yeah, right. you know, it's it's the one ball. They don't have a backup. I don't. Well, they have a few, but that's the one. And they the players like bless it before the game. It's right. like this very sacred thing choosing the game ball. Um. Oh, man, I was going to ask you something that had to do with... Oh, yeah, okay, opening night. Mm -hmm. By the way, 90-minute um, pregame show on the plaza, man. That was pretty awesome. That was great. The All the Fox people did an incredible job. That was a heck of a lot of fun. We brought in Antonio Daniels, who you know works on some of the other teams for Fox, and he added a boost to energy, and Dana's brilliant. And then Harp came out. They did a players-only segment. Oh, yeah? Followell came out, so... That was a really – and then we interviewed Cuban, too. Oh, nice. And he delivered some gems. So that yeah. was – man, that was a Did really he come out – Cuban came out no, on we the plaza? Did, no, we did. He was back on the floor and we oh, did okay. the – Yeah, the little talk Yeah, that's thing. cool, man. We God, had it was the, great. Yeah. Yeah, that was like a – it felt like college game day out there. It there did. People around and – Let's do uh, it more often. Yeah, whenever they introduced you, uh, I don't know if you heard Wild roaring in the crowd, but that was Machine. He was hype to uh, – 
to hear you introduced. He I was, didn't he was hear really him, good. but I could feel the vibrations. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I just picked up on it. Was it was just bellowing. They said, yeah. yeah, you know, I'm Dana Larson. This is Skin Wade. Yeah! You know, his hands are there. And if you go to Dallas Mavs Twitter, actually, you'll see the video that I took of it. He's, he's oh, just, nice. You see hands, like, okay. pumping in the air. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, good times. Um, okay, the week ahead. Today is Wednesday. Well, today's Monday, but you're hearing this on Wednesday. Right. Uh, Mavs at Hawks. Friday night, Mavs at Raptors. Mm-hmm. There's a chance Harrison Barnes plays in that one. Hope do, so. Yeah, we do not know yet. They will need uh, all the firepower they can get because the Raptors are not bad, Skin. Boy, they look I'm good I'm going to go early. ahead and say that. I'm, yeah. I'm going on record with that take. They are not bad. Uh, Kawhi Leonard is not bad either. And uh, if Harrison Barnes plays, I'm sure he'll be busy in that game trying to guard Kawhi. But otherwise, you got Wes, Fenny Smith. So it's going to be uh, – and I wonder, too – Kawhi on Luka? Is that what's going to happen? That's what I would assume. Especially if Barnes – well, even if Barnes plays, you wonder if they put Kawhi on Luka. I Is would that, assume That's that got to be like the ultimate sign of respect, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it would also be the best chance to take the Mavericks out of some stuff they want to do. Yeah, because, dude, I mean, Luka, I, Luka is incredible. But you can't be crossing over going between the legs against Kawhi. His, he's, his hands are too big, his arms no. are too long, and his, his instincts are too good. He will destroy you if you try he, to do that. He's an animal. Yeah. But I, I'm dying to see it. Yeah, I'm too. dying to see I it. I want to watch it. So, I, yeah, I, I cannot wait for that game. And then uh, Sunday, the Mavs are back at home. That is Oct 28, early tip, 6 p.m. tip, against the Utah Jazz, who are also, I'm going to say that, they're pretty good too. God, they're off to a great start. Like It's weird to go the game they lost – you know, with the Drebko tip in. Yeah, 124-123. But it was still pretty amazing that they did what they did. Mm. Um, that is a really, really good team. And, and I love Jingles. Yeah, dude. He is – he's becoming too, He's becoming too good to be, like, your favorite player. He's not a folk hero anymore. That guy's yeah, a legitimately no, he's way too good. really good NBA Yeah, player. he's way too good. Just like Steven Adams. Like, in, sometime in the last year and a half, Steven Adams became too good to be, like, cool to like. Yeah, and, and their shots look nothing alike, but there are some things about Joe Ingles that are sort of Luke-alike in terms of size and playmaking from that position. Now, Luke is a more gifted playmaker, but – you get the general idea. Yeah. I mean, they're running things through him. Yeah, dude, and he shoots like a zillion percent from three. Yeah. So, Atlanta, if you can beat Atlanta, which I feel, I don't know. I mean, it's, I don't know, home opener. It's. I'd be, be disappointed it's if they be didn't beat the, I'd be disappointed if they didn't beat the. Atlanta yeah, I Hawks. think you gotta you gotta win that game. That yeah. puts you at three and one. If you're at three and one, Toronto, Utah, San Antonio, Lakers. That's a tough four game stretch. Um, I'm not really in the business of predicting records, but. That's going to be a tough four-game stretch. I'll, I'll say that. So if you start off 3-1, and one, that gives you a nice little padding heading into that run because that yeah. is going to be very, very difficult. Three of those games are on the road. One of them is a back-to-back. I mean, that's going to be hard. So when you looked at the way the season began because of the way the last two seasons began, you looked at this as, hey, you need to go 3-1 and one in your first four. Yeah. Four. We said that when the schedule came that's out, right. man. We sat there right and said, you got to start better. Yeah. Last year was, what, 2-13? and 13? Two yeah, and 14, fourteen, I think. The yeah. year before they were four and seventeen. I mean, you just can't do that. No, we, even not if you're in, in the East, conference. you can't do that. But yeah, yeah, in the West, that is like that is a a one way ticket to death, as right. uh, Rick Carlisle would say. But uh, some other teams in the West not starting off so hot. So OKC, I mean, hey, that's, yeah, Minnesota. OKC Lakers, who currently right now it's ancient history, but right now they're losing to the Spurs in the third quarter. So we'll see how that game goes. Man, uh, that so uh, also Memphis just beat Utah too. What the heck is going on? What a weird league. And then um, I- I'm real interested to see how this Minnesota soap opera plays out. Yeah, well they beat Indiana tonight, but the question is like, 
is Jimmy Butler going to be on the team? When is the next time the Wolves uh, cross paths with the Mavs? 2019. Oh, dude, yeah, it's not for a while. January 11th. So the question is, like, there's no way that that is going to be still happening in January, right? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You got me. I mean, I thought that they wouldn't have he wouldn't have been in camp and then all of a sudden he's playing like in their in their fourth game he's still with the team so like what happens when uh you know you you work for a team the other teams come in and you have people that you talk to on other teams and hey how's your team doing ah we're doing this you exchange ideas and man when they blew through here saturday there was plenty of people going wow i do not how to co- know how to comprehend all the dysfunction yeah. like it's like everything you read yeah it's worse it was crazy it's and crazy yet, here they were like 30 seconds left in the game, it's still not decided. Yeah. You know, well, I guess five seconds left in the game is still undecided. And they won tonight, so they're now 2-2 two and two with two losses by a combined eight points. They got the Lakers coming in who will start getting a little desperate. They have a Utah game. They have a Golden State game coming up. They got a tough Ooh, stretch coming up. That's tough. Yeah. Sounds like the Mavs, man. But then on the other side of that, you have a little respite, two home games against New York and Washington. So that's that's how they begin the month of November. So, uh yeah, man. I don't know. I guess you, we we literally have to go one week at a time. Right. I think the Mavs are probably, for a young team still, I think maybe you got to go like two or three games at a time. You can't go game by game. Because like nope. after Phoenix, it was like fire everybody. <laughs> after Minnesota, it was like basketball is amazing. And after tonight, it was like, well, that was a win, but that was weird. Yeah. So I think every game is going to kind of have its own sort of personality. And, and hey, they got two new starters. They got a lot of young players. That's the way it's going to go. Yeah. And yeah, a bunch of guys are hurt too. Well, I guess two, but. Three. Important guys. Yeah, but I'd say yeah. the most important. Uh, anything else you want to say, Skin, before we get out of here? No, I'm. Uh, I, I like uh, like what you said though. This is a weekly proposition, so who knows what the tone of the next numbers on the boards podcast is going to be? But I'm going to remain optimistic that it'll be jovial. Yeah, it's going to be absolutely jovial. That is uh, next Wednesday, October 31st. The Mavs will be in LA, so we happy will, Halloween. We will do some something we'll do a halloween jam oh yeah well i'll I'll be in costume on the road you be in costume at home and done we'll we'll like skype and it'll be awesome cosplay oh it's it's gonna be awesome a a, a cost cast if you will okay uh all right yeah conveniently it's a weekly proposition this show is a weekly proposition skin yes it's gonna be great i'm looking forward to it that is next week thank you guys for listening it is numbers on the boards for the above 500 dallas mavericks whoop whoop yeah